This is the Disruptors, Alex and Frank, podcast number two. The subject matter for today is bacteria control. I'm going to turn the uh, microphone over to you, Alex. You You got it, Frank. So we're we're going to talk about, uh, at least from my perspective, uh, what I know about healthcare, uh, a little bit about universities, uh, where I deal with uh, healthcare universities. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, somewhere, whether it's going to be this podcast or the next one or maybe both, uh, I want to hear your experience, Frank, and what you've seen over the years uh, with dietary. Okay. So, uh, because I think you've dealt with supermarkets and, and uh, those kind of, you know, stores where I'm sure the food and the food department is uh, a real major issue when it comes to making sure that they don't have things like salmonella and all those other things when they're cutting meats and chicken and so on. But uh, so I'm curious to hear how that compares to to what I deal with, what we deal with in healthcare. So uh, just to give you a quick background, you know, we uh, are involved in selling disinfectants for 35 years. Uh, Our latest uh, disinfectant that we are currently introducing into the healthcare market, especially since uh, around a year before COVID hit and it took off during COVID, was uh, hypochlorous acid, uh, HOCl. Uh, and it basically is a chemical that's derived from water and salt. It's EPA approved in the K list and on the N list uh, to kill C. diff and everything else that uh, we are concerned with in healthcare. So having said that, uh, in my experience in bringing this into the market, into the healthcare market, uh, you know, we've run into some very interesting, uh, I guess you can say variations in healthcare of what people do and how they do things and, uh, you know, the shortcuts that take place uh, sometimes because of time restraints and, uh, you know, the concerns that that uh, infection control have in the healthcare market. And we do as uh, vendors coming into the healthcare market when we see things being done in ways that are a little bit um, shocking to us, at least, for the way we've learned how to uh, uh, introduce disinfectants and how this supposed to work. So just to start with, you know, one of the things that... Um, that we talk about all the time in healthcare is cleaning and disinfecting, right, Frank? As you know, you can't disinfect a surface that's dirty. You would agree with that, right? Yes, 100%. So in that sense, uh, you know, I kind of find it shocking many times when people say, well, we go into a patient room or we go into a isolation room or whatever operating room and we will remove the heavy-duty debris, and then we're going to mop a disinfectant down, and we're going to let it sit for 10 minutes. It can be a quaternary disinfectant, or it can be uh, bleach, or whatever it is. And they say, well, we just do it in one shot. You know, we clean and disinfect in one shot. And to me, that is uh, kind of wild uh, when, I, when I hear that and see that. Uh, I know the CDC uh, is not a big fan of, uh, in fact, they, they, they just continuously insist that all surfaces have to be cleaned first before you disinfect. And yet I can't tell you how many times, uh, people will tell me in the hospital, well, we use a cleaner slash disinfectant 
And I said, so really, so what do you do? You go in and you clean and then you disinfect. And they say to me, no, we, we just go in there and mop the floors and clean the surfaces and walk away. And we've cleaned it and disinfected in one, in one, in one step. And I'm always blown away uh, how that can be done or how people get away with that. Uh, it's to me mind boggling. And it's, it's not like, you know, you see this in one hospital or two hospitals, you see this continuously, you know, in the industry across the country, uh, where to me, it's always, um, uh, I'm always surprised and shocked to hear that. The other thing that, that um, interesting in our industry is, you know, we do disinfect hand contact surfaces. Uh, you know, when you, you go into a, uh, a bathroom or a patient room and you touch the doorknob, uh, in a patient room, the overbed tables, the remote control, the uh, bed rails, all these surfaces that normally doctors, nurses, visitors will touch, those have to be disinfected, of course, clean and disinfected. Uh, what to me is always, it's still up in the air and I would wanna really get an infection control nurse, which I'm trying to do actually, uh, get an infection control nurse or doctor in, in our, one of our meetings to really understand uh, the reason why floors are so important to be disinfected. Now, I was one time told that the reason why they want to disinfect floors is because the patient gets out of bed, walks on the floor in his socks, you know, those patient socks that they give you when you go into a, into a uh, hospital. Have you ever gotten those, Frank, those socks? Yeah, those like non-slip yeah, socks? I wear them all the time. There you go. You're supposed to take them off when you leave the hospital, Frank. You don't just continue walking around. I walk around the hospital. I love them. <laughs> so they, well, now we know why healthcare prices are going up because you're stealing all the socks. <laughs> so anyway, so so the um, the the patient goes on the floor to the bathroom. Uh, does what they got to do, or maybe they'll even do physical therapy. They're walking around, especially after surgery. And then they get back into bed and uh, they are carrying whatever was on that floor into the bed. And that's the concern that I've been told by infection control nurses and doctors uh, that uh, we want to disinfect floors. The problem with that is twofold. Number one is that when you disinfect the floor, most people don't rinse the residual off the floor. So what ends up happening, especially when you use a clot or use uh, bleach, it ends up leaving a sticky residual behind. And that sticky residual now becomes a breathing ground or will create a biofilm, especially when, when other people start walking on that floor and it starts taking the dirt off people's shoes and it now grows on that biofilm that remains behind from that quaternary disinfectant or whatever they use to to disinfect the floor. And now you're actually aggravating the problem because when that patient walks with his socks across the floor, he's now walking on a floor that has quat residue, which is not unhealthy by itself, uh, mixed with all the other soils and dirt and anything else that may have stuck to that quat. So to me, it seems like it's aggravating the problem. Uh, you know, I don't understand the, uh, the reasoning for using quats, but I do see that in healthcare a lot. The other thing that I find interesting is that uh, the quats that they do use on the floor, 
ends up messing up the floor finish. Uh, and what ends up happening is the director of housekeeping then calls up his housekeeper and says, do me a favor, get up to that room. The shine on that floor is dead. That coating is dead. And I want you to buff that floor in order to make that floor look good again. Now, when you buff, what happens? Everything is up in the air, Frank. Everything. So you're basically, if, if the patient's in the room, which I hope they're not when you're buffing, uh, that stuff is landing all over that patient. So whatever was on that floor, whatever quat residue, disinfectant mixed with the bacteria and viruses and dirt that has been attaching to that quat is now all over the bed, all over the patient, all over everything. Uh, and if the patient's not there, he went down for x-rays or whatever, he went down for a procedure. When he comes back, that room is completely filled with whatever was on that floor. So it, to me, mopping a floor with a quaternary disinfectant or a disinfectant at all is really uh, problematic uh, so on so many different levels. Now, in the Northeast, uh, before COVID struck, and it's funny, Frank, because before COVID struck, we were worried about C. diff. We were worried about all these other organisms that seemed to have disappeared during COVID. <laughs> For some reason, it no longer was a discussion. Everyone was so busy with COVID. No one talked about C. diff and what we have in the Northeast. And it was actually in Florida, too, uh, was what we call C. auris, which is short for Candida auris. And Candida auris is a fungus that has been growing uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly where it came from, whether South America or somewhere, but it's been growing in patient rooms and hospitals. It is extremely, extremely aggressive, extremely uh, resistant to antibiotics, uh, like C. diff, which I think more people have heard about over the years. Uh, these are organisms. Uh, C. diff is actually uh, uh, found in fecal matter and also was very common in nursing homes and hospitals. And the problem was that if you got any of these organisms into your body, and usually it came into your body uh, if a nurse or doctor didn't wash her hands, uh, or a person who was visiting the patient didn't wash her hands properly, uh, touched the patient, and it somehow got in through the line uh, that was uh, inserted into the patient to give them uh, medication and fluids, uh, and or it just came into their body orally through their eyes and so on. And once it gets into your bloodstream, there's really not much they can do today because the antibiotics that we have are not designed to or not or have basically don't have the ability to get rid of these organisms. And so many times the patient dies uh, or the patient has some real serious uh, complications as a result of that. Uh, sometimes surgery is required to save the intestine or remove part of the intestine with C. diff. Uh, there are other treatments now where they do uh, fecal transplants. They take uh, feces from healthy people when it comes to C. diff and they implant it into unhealthy people with C. diff and that, and that tends to have some promising results. Uh, with C. auris, on the other hand, and Candida auris, there's really not much they can do. Now, Candida auris is everywhere. It's a fungus. Uh, and so that is the rationale that people are saying, well, that's why we want to use a disinfectant on the floor so we can tackle this candida auris. 
Uh, my problem, again, is the problems that we discussed up front, you know, creating a biofilm, creating a residual, buffing, all that stuff is not going to get rid of Candida auris. Uh, and in fact, I think if you use a good neutral cleaner to remove the soil from the floor and keep the floor looking clean, in my opinion, uh, again, this is my opinion, uh, I think you're going to do a better job at removing Candida auris because you're then physically removing the debris and the organisms from the floor using a microfiber, using a scrubber, whatever you're going to be used to clean the room. Uh, if it's a microfiber, uh, I think you're going to do a really phenomenal job at cleaning and uh, the fibers in a microfiber are going to break apart the Candida auris and the C. diff as they roll over those organisms uh, because that's the way the microfibers work. They sort of have this ability to, to actually kill germs themselves, even though they're not EPA approved. But mechanically, it's been proven over and over again that when cleaning with a good cleaner and a microfiber, you're going to remove all these bacteria and viruses. So that, Frank, is, is my frustration uh, when I go into these hospitals. People sort of take the easy route and say, well, let's just throw a disinfectant on the floor and we're going to take care of the problem. So, I mean, you know, I, I know, Frank, if you hear this, you're never going to want to go to a hospital again, right? I think you told me once you don't want to go to a hospital ever if you have a choice, right? Yes. So, so the 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 um, so the interesting thing is that uh, having just discussed, you know, the quads and the and and the disinfectants that we put on floors, and what I feel are the negatives, uh, you know, the the industry overall has changed. Now, there are people, there are infection control nurses and housekeeping directors that are now saying, no, we don't want to use a disinfectant on the patient rooms, that we do want to go ahead and use a neutral cleaner with a microfiber uh, to clean with. And I think they, they are going to get better results uh, from an uh, efficacy point of view, from an HAI point of view, HAI stands for hospital acquired infection point of view, and so on. Another thing that I want to bring up to you, Frank, that I think, um, you know, we experience in healthcare, and that most people don't even know about this, uh, or if they do know about it, it's, it, it, they sort of put it in the back of their uh, uh, mind or envelope uh, when they of concerns, is that when you take a quat, quaternary disinfectant, which is an ammonia compound and you use that, which is very common, like Virex is what you know, people know from Johnson University. Uh, and there's multiple quats along that line that are being used in the market. We have something called loading of the microfiber. So quats are like sticky. They get onto the microfiber and they coat the microfiber. And so what happens next is when you go to the laundry, unless you're using a special kind of cleaner to launder those mops, when those mops come out of the laundry, the coating that's on that microfiber from the quads is not removed. Now what you're doing is you're cleaning a floor with a microfiber that's coated. It no longer has the ability to clean like a microfiber should. And so you just basically destroyed your microfiber program by mopping a quad on your floors. So this is also another critical concern that I don't think infection control nurses understand, you know, the mechanics of what the housekeepers and housekeeping directors are working with on a daily basis to clean, because if they understood that, they would know that using a microfiber to mop a floor with a quat 
the first time, second time that microfiber is effective, by the time, you know, a month or two months go by, they're mopping the floor with something that is pretty much useless, as a microfiber at least, from the point of view of a microfiber. So these are things that are concerns. Um, and uh, the concerns I know of many directors, infection control nurses are concerned out there about this. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we are, as vendors, are concerned about this, or we should be concerned if we are a conscientious vendor who is looking to, to not only, you know, make a living doing this, but to make a living helping the hospitals and helping our partners and helping, of course, the patients being involved and helping those patients uh, survive uh, surgery and, 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 and basically uh, maximize the technology that's being used in, in, in the uh, healthcare end of the hospital. But at the same time, we want to make sure that on the post-surgery, post-treatment, the environment that they're going to be in is going to be the cleanest and safest. And that, I think, is not happening when you bring in quaternary disinfectants on floors. Would you agree, Frank, so far with what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I, I find this information that you're sharing here is extremely informative. Very, very good and a, a good detail. Uh, right. I consider that I know something about bacteria, but not in the depth that you understand it. And I didn't understand some of that. This idea of this uh, sticky film that we're leaving on microfiber is... I, I never heard of that, but you know, I think we could prove that. And that's-, that's Oh, we could. Yeah, because you know, some of the microfibers, I was very involved in the manufacturing of microfiber. And some of the microfibers are, are split the ends thousands of times. And the more they're- Correct. The more open they are, the more receptive they are to this uh, uh, product to get inside and hold on to it. Because microfiber is a tremendous, uh, um, uh, what's, what am I looking for, uh, the word? Um, a mechanical device, I think you're looking for. It's a great mechanical device to clean. Yeah, it, it really is an attractor, microfiber. There's no question about it. And the information you just gave is absolutely well done. I really appreciate the information. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something, Frank, you know, once you brought the micro, I'll tell you something else. This is going to blow your mind. And probably a lot of our listeners who hear this know this already. But I remember I was, I, I, I was involved with um, microfiber going back like 20 years ago when it wasn't yet uh, very popular in the U.S. And I was trying to bring it in. And it was a lot of uh, pushback in the early days of microfiber. And one of the interesting things was... Uh, when I came in with microfiber from Europe, uh, and I was in all over Europe, I walked through hospitals to see how they use microfiber. Microfiber is not designed, well, let me rephrase this. Microfiber is designed to clean the surface damp, not sopping wet. You know, So when we mop a floor with a regular mop, if you remember, if people can remember how they use a regular mop, or if, let's say Flortex, when they do a rinse of a floor after they've stripped the floor, you wanna make sure the whole floor is saturated water. You know, you'll, you'll You'll wring out that mop and then you'll mop it across the floor and you want to see the whole floor you know, physically wet. Uh, with microfibers on the other hand, because of those, when you talked about those fibers, they're designed to sort of mechanically with a slight around the moisture as a lubricant, 
to pick up the dirt and soil and hold it in those little fibers, those split yeah, fibers. Like a magnet. And like a magnet almost, and hold it tight. And as a matter of fact, when it goes over bacteria and viruses, uh, it actually splits the cell wall yes. of these bacteria and viruses and destroys them. So it's actually almost like a blade going through your bacteria and viruses. People don't realize how abrasive a microfiber can be against these organisms. It's really phenomenal, especially when you see it on the microscopes and I have. Uh, the thing that is really mind-boggling to me is, you know, there are a bunch of companies, I won't mention their names, but there's a bunch of companies out here in America when they came to microfibers, I think they came up with the same resistance that I had, which was, uh, you know, the floor is not so wet when you use a microfiber. So what they started doing is making these tools like bucketless mops sort of type of things where you put the chemical or water into your mop stick and there's a holder of some sort. And as your microfiber runs dry, you introduce water or chemical to the floor and you run your microfiber over it and you wet it. What people don't realize is that microfiber holds the dirt. As soon as you introduce more water into the microfiber, the dirt releases and the mop now holds the water. So if you're mopping a patient room or a, or a hallway or even a, I think a classroom or, or a supermarket, and you're pumping water because your mop now got dry, what you just basically is you took all the dirt that you just picked up on that microfiber from wherever you started mopping to where you now reintroduce the water on the floor, and you are now going to release that dirt onto the floor and add water to your microfiber and start cleaning again. And you're gonna go another 10, 15 feet when it gets dry and picks up all that dirt, you're gonna reintroduce water. It's now gonna release all that dirt and your clean microfiber, which is now full of water, you're gonna keep on cleaning. So by the time you get to the end of the room or the end of the hallway or whatever you're cleaning, your microfiber will have been wet multiple times, dumping the dirt on your floor. And you're, what you're trying to accomplish with the microfiber, which it does so effectively, is just been totally destroyed because you have been adding water continuously and chemical continuously by releasing the dirt onto the floor. So that's how silly and ridiculous sometimes when you see people pumping water onto the floor with microfibers, uh, it's really mind boggling. Uh, it just shows the ignorance either by the manufacturers who make the microfiber, who bring it into the US, or, or the indifference. They don't care. You know, they just want to make the customer happy that they're mopping the floor with something wet. And in the end, all they're doing is spreading dirt around the room. So it's, it, is, um, it is interesting. Alex, that's an excellent subject. That, that's something uh, I think we should bring up again in a different podcast. Just talking about microfiber. So we should do a future podcast just on microfiber. You know, That's a great idea. Before we, we end, I just want to make a comment. Everything that you were sharing today is the main reason why we have this podcast called The Disruptors. Because we're little guys in the industry bringing to the industry this concepts, these concepts that are not relatively used by most people in the industry because yep, of the not. industry promotes things and the way we're, they're going about uh, promoting things, people are under the wrong impression. And, and by us coming in with a different approach, 
by sharing what you just did today is exactly why we started this podcast. So I really want to say, Alex, you did today a fantastic job. Uh, I thank you very much for your information. Uh, let us thank you, Frank. You next week to continue talking about bacteria. And I'd, I'd like to I, I agree how I approach bacteria in the supermarket industry. And uh, not be great, better, but different. And and then we'll then we'll next time after that we'll come up with a podcast about microfiber, which will be very very good. So thank you very very much for your time today. I love you and have a wonderful week. Same here, Frank. Looking forward to next week. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye bye.